Welcome back to Mix It Up with Mitz on 100.7 FM and 1340 AM. The Ticket, I'm your host, Ben Mitz, coming to you live from the Johnny's Pizza House Studios, high atop the boardwalk in Buzzer City. I want to thank one of the sponsors of today's show, Swoop, taking gas station and convenience store service to higher levels, locations in Shreveport, Bossier, and Natchitoches. Swoop, brighten your day. Check out SwoopStores.com. We're now joined by Stephen Godfrey of SB Nation on the Paul McMurray State Farm Insurance Hotline. LSU Tigers playing in the Sweet 16 tonight against Michigan State, 6-10 tip-off, but... That's kind of hardly the reason we're having Mr. Godfrey on to talk about LSU. We're talking about all the corruption with the NCAA, and uh, Stephen Godfrey now joins us. And i got to say, I enjoyed your article you released today on SB Nation. Thanks, man. You know, I'm probably the least qualified person to talk basketball strategy, so we'll have to, we'll have to shy away from that. I, uh, my, I'm very limited on my actual like on-court knowledge, but uh, I, do, I do know a thing or two about the NCAA. And that's why we've got you on here. And I like the stance you took because it was a little – you know, so much of the NCAA thing is, you know, they're kind of coming after the morality of, you know, the players and the families taking money to, which they've earned by building, you know, a reputation and all the money they bring into these schools. And your, your point is, what do you call it? Fake crimes, the real consequences? Yeah, I mean, there's essentially nothing that – I understand the, the wiretapping. I understand what honest services fraud is and, and, and how the FBI is involved here, but – uh, on a moral level, you know, all the reporting I've done on the NCAA, when you talk about the, the bylaws and the infractions against the NCAA, these are fake crimes. These are victimless crimes. These are individuals who are in a completely just bizarre structure for services that does not allow them any compensation. We don't normally look upon that favorably in any kind of capitalist society, which is pretty much every other facet of American life, but... This one thing has persisted all this time, and I, I think the reason why I wrote it is I, I couldn't actually couldn't sleep last night. I wrote it early this morning. Um, it, I'm I have nothing against these kids getting paid. I have nothing. I think they should be paid. They're getting paid, but the black market they're only getting paid a fraction of their services. I think what keeps me up at night is the opposite of most sports writers, which is is just the it's not even the hypocrisy anymore, Ben. It's this. Everyone faking like they were outraged or shocked that this is going on. I mean, how many times does this have to happen before we just accept that this is going to happen as long as we have the system in place? Yeah, my point, too, is I get, and what bothers you, and I like how you're pretty chest out and open with your thoughts, I get mad at the national writers that, that become the keyboard moral police, the Dan Walkins and Pat Foy's right. and all those. Those are the guys that I think are just, just the worst with the agendas. Well, and I don't want to get into anything with any individual colleague. I do know, like, I will say this. There, like, some of the people in the national media I know and respect, and, and, and we are colleagues, and there's an ideological divide. And then there's this sort of other sector that I've noticed over the years that I don't know if – I must have missed this day in journalism school, this, this desire or need to uphold the NCAA bylaws. You know, we are not police officers. This is not – by the way, these aren't real laws to protect our society, and I've, I have never, ever, ever thought it incumbent upon myself to go out there and, and work to uncover violations of NCAA bylaws. I think that's essentially inserting yourself as part of the news and part of the news cycle in college sports. Because, for one, the bylaws change rapidly, and the actual people that are in charge, the quote-unquote, you know, when we talk about the NCAA, I, I think we make a mistake by thinking of them as this monolithic 
evil empire in Indianapolis, Indiana. The NCAA is nothing more than a bunch of bureaucrats appointed by the membership, and those are the member institutions themselves. And I think once this is over, if LSU gets bumped tonight or if they lose in the Final Four, whatever, I think if you want to direct some anger, you have to direct it at all of these member institutions because they're the only ones that really have power to repeal these bylaws and make consistent change. But you're never going to see an individual athletic director go and be the first to plant a flag and say, it's time that we change this, because that would mean hundreds of millions of dollars shifting overnight. Exactly. They're all just trying to protect their money interests. And then you see you know, the hundreds of millions of dollars, especially now that all these conferences have these TV deals that they're making, and they... I don't know. It's just the hypocrisy of it. These kids bring in so much money, and so many of them come from tough backgrounds, too, that it's, uh, I don't know, it's just hard to watch the bureaucrat stuff in their pockets. There's no incentive to change because everyone everyone who's making money is making a lot of money. And, look, this is going to happen again and again and again and again. And I, That's always my party line every time I talk about this publicly. There's no reason for those in power to change until they're absolutely forced to. And I don't know if you're going to see anything happen until the actual labor shuts down and finally says, no, we've had enough of this. You know, I'm I'm very much against this idea that, oh, well, you know, it's the NCAA basketball tournament. It's mutually beneficial for a, a player like Zion or a player like Smart. It's not, because if you were to remove these athletes from the NCAA tournament, no one would know who they were for a little while. And then these elite players would become brands unto themselves with, with no real difference, right? Players, there are superstar athletes in the NBA right now specifically who were not involved in the NCAA, right? Everyone from LeBron James to any number of European players, an increasing amount of kids are just bypassing the entire thing. If, well, you, separate, if you separate basketball players from the NCAA, you can't have a basketball tournament. It's real simple, okay? You can't have a bunch of athletic directors out there actually playing the game. These kids have more power than they realize. Well, so your argument in that article was we all should be cheering for LSU to expose uh, just yeah. the hot hypocrisy of it. I, look, I was saying to you off the air, it's, it's fun when LSU ever gets put in any kind of a villainous uh, like fa- fan light because of how, how angry their fan base gets. They're one of the best. I, I think it's um, I think it's something unique to Louisiana. I really do. I'm, I'm not exactly. I would be hard pressed to, to sort of pin it down and describe it much more than that. But I just think culturally, Louisiana is a place that um, I do think they're a little more body in their honesty about the way things actually happen. I think that's just part of the culture. And I think in this instance, it shows that look, they. You know, I made a joke about Huey Long in there, but this is this is a culture of people who are going to rally around. You know, their own. And they should in this instance. So I don't think – I can't find a single LSU fan who's ashamed of what happened. They're not ashamed of Will Wade. They're ashamed maybe by the way the administration's handling it or the way they're being treated nationally. But there's no shame in a kid from Baton Rouge getting – you know, we don't know exactly how much, but I can guarantee you not enough to play basketball for their team. No one's ashamed about that at all. Well, it's interesting to me, too, because I love how you went off on the, the vacated wins thing in that article, which, you know, no, you, you said it right, though. Nobody's going to forget Ole Miss beating Bama twice or Louisville winning the national championship in 2013 under Patino or Reggie Bush winning the Heisman. If we saw it with our own two eyes, it happened. So I don't get the, the vacated wins thing really at all. I still don't even understand why schools take down the banners and the flags and stuff. I have absolutely no idea why they comply with that. I must be missing something. I know they're. I know that it's mandated, but 
you know, if I was Louisville or if I was one of these schools that recently had to take down a banner, I would just put it back up in a couple of years because there is no – if Louisville didn't win that, that NCAA tournament in 13, who did? I mean, I guess Michigan, who got second. But they don't want it. They'll, I mean, they'll tell you right now that they've asked their, they've, they've asked Michigan before, is like, well, do you consider yourself national? No, we lost the game. Okay? You can't rewrite history. It's one of the fallacies of this whole vacated wins concept. I mean, the bottom line is forever, you know, like you said, Ole Miss fans and sports bars are going to talk about how they beat Alabama back-to-back years when they had no business doing it. The universe, I can tell you this for a fact, having spent some time in South Florida covering college football, Miami fans, you can't, they can't even remember which wins they vacated. Do you think they count any? <laughs> That's funny. Dude, they don't care at all. Like, I think they're probably prouder of those. I mean, this is, it is an absolute fallacy of logic to think that people are going to go, oh, well, those wins are vacated. They didn't count. No, they count. They'll count forever. Uh, got a text here from our good friend Jordy Collada, host of Off the Bench on ESPN Batners in New Orleans. He just wanted to say uh, on the air, Mr. Godfrey, beautiful, beautiful article this morning. He was a fan. Well, good. Thank those guys down south for me. They, you, you definitely got it. And, uh, also, I want to ask one other thing, too. You pointed out, you were like, you know, was it that Will Wade cheated or anything like that? Uh, it was the infrastructure. You know, why wasn't he on a burner? Why didn't he have middleman doing it? And that I've compared the Will Wade LSU to freeze Ole Miss so much, and that was what got Ole Miss, too. Yeah. was it that they cheated. It's just you have to have an infrastructure to do it. <laughs> we got to be good at cheating just like you can be good at basketball. It's that simple. And I'm not kidding. I mean – I'm being a little facetious, but if you're going to do this and you are going to circumvent established bylaws or, in this case, get involved in a a federal wiretapping investigation, you have to be smart. I mean, his biggest sin here is that he – not that he cheated, but that he did it so poorly he got caught. And I I really do firmly believe that, that that there's a – there's a way to do this. There's a way that the overwhelming majority, almost totality of all college programs in basketball and football circumvent these rules. And usually – by and large, you can do it in a way if you're a top program. It's a little harder when you're an aspiring program. Because it's funny, you talk about Ole Miss football and LSU basketball. Well, the things that those programs have in common is they're not traditional powers. And so if you're going to be – look, college sports does not like a usurper. They don't like an upwardly mobile program. They, you know, We as a culture in college sports, we kind of want our USC's and Oklahoma's and Alabama's to be those schools, and then we want our – Kent State's and ULM's, and, you know, we, we want everything to have an order to it. And when you see a program in the middle become very powerful, it draws a lot of scrutiny. And that's what happened in the basketball since LSU. You know, this is a team that hasn't been relevant since John Brady. They went, and, and you know, they really weren't that relevant before. You go all the way back to, like, Stack. This is not a perennial. This is not a Kansas or a North Carolina or a Duke, Right. And because of that, I think they screwed up in being sloppy. I don't think they screwed up in paying a kid, but I just think you got to do it better. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how I felt about the whole situation as well. Uh, also, you said you met, you listened. Uh, were you surprised that the, you heard that Dick Vitale interview on Off the Bench with T. Bob Aber and Jordy this week? Uh, did you have did you have any thoughts on that? I thought it was pretty wild for ESPN to have something like that. I, I wish more. I wish more people in the media, and I consider Dickie V to be just a media member at this point, I wish more people in the media would be transparent about the agenda that they serve. That's all I'm asking for. I mean, let's out and out say for a fact, hey, like, I, you know, as a reporter, I personally believe that, that athletes should be compensated at the collegiate level. My reporting reflects that. You can't argue my reporting. You can argue my opinion. Um, 
as these entertainment personalities at ESPN, it's a slippery slope because they're analysts, they're ex-coaches, they're ex-players. But and they're all friends to everybody in the look, industry, yeah. I mean, there's yeah, there's elements of cronyism in everything. And, you know, take it from a guy who covered his alma mater scandal. Like, it's, it's tricky and it's a hard dance to pull off and, and you're not going to make everybody happy. But I guess I just appreciate Dickie V saying, hey, flat out, if I'm friends with you, I'm going to treat you different. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you may not necessarily agree with it, but at least he said it. Yeah, I just that that was one of the why. If you hadn't had a chance, check that out on ten forty five ESPN dot com. The Dick Vitale interview with T Bob and uh, Jordy, and man, that was one of the wilder ones I've ever heard. On the football note, have you gotten out for checking out any spring practices yet around the country? Yeah, got a couple, and then I'm going around and doing um, a couple different uh, schools on the Eastern. Next week, I go to more of the ACC schools, so I'm going to go check a couple of those out. I'm interested to see a lot of fluidity in that conference, so. Got to go talk to some coaches, figure out what's going on. Um, hopefully, I have something to talk about here in the spring. It's been eerily quiet still. So, uh, a lot of people, I can tell you, the thing people are talking about right now, it's not necessarily the sexiest thing in the world, but individual associated with a prospect, a lot of people upset with that concept because a lot of assistant coaches are being stuck. They can't move jobs the way they want to. Um, and a lot of people are curious about that Tate Martell thing still. What, what, what about the Tate Martell thing? I'm just curious. He basically transfers from Ohio State to Miami. I knew that. He plays immediately, and nobody really knows why that waiver was granted versus you know denying other waivers. Um, Ohio State didn't fight it because they got their own transfer, and then it was just sort of that was it. You know they didn't really talk about it again. So um, a lot of coaches are frustrated because everybody's trying to manipulate the transfer portal right now in the second and third kind of substitute of recruiting. And so uh, I would make a, a pretty bold prediction, but I'd say in a year from now. Recruiting is either they've either rescinded those rules or they're going to deregulate the market considerably, and you're going to see a lot more transfers. Well, well, Mr. Godfrey, we always enjoy having you all mix it up with Mitch. You can follow him on Twitter at 38Godfrey. Uh, and looking forward to hearing more about your spring practice and football travels, but enjoyed your article. If you hadn't had a chance to check it out, uh, Mr. Godfrey gave the NCAA a piece of his mind on why you should cheer for LSU in college basketball. Uh, have, have a lovely weekend. Yes, sir, Mr. Vince. Take it easy. Stephen Godfrey of SB Nation. We're going to take a quick commercial break. More from myself and Ray Henson and Chris Birchfield. Live from the Johnny's Pizza House studios. When we come back, you'll listen to Mixing Up with Mints on 100.7 FM at 1340 AM. Take it.